Welcome back to Affiliated, everybody. You've got myself here, Thomas McMahon from ClickBank, and the little woo in the background is Kyle Kostetka over there. Here's a hey, big Kyle. woo now. Woo! How's it going today, man? <laughs> there you go. It's Good it's man. woo weather yeah. here in Boise for all those that need to know. Sunny <laughs> and on which way? Oh, really? It's about to thunderstorm, I think, so hold on to that. Well, it was yeah. sunny and beautiful before I st- I came inside, <laughs> so um, I take back everything Idaho. I said. <laughs> yeah. Don't like the weather? You can wait 10 minutes, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we've got one of the greats joining us today. I'm excited for John Rowley, who, John, I think you were actually one of the first people I met in this space. It must have been like, I think it was about seven years ago, almost to the date in New York for an affiliate summit East. Way oh, yeah, I remember when. that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think Rob Paulos, yourself, and I, and Dom. And yeah, I was, as Dom was taking me under his wing out there. And you're one of the first people out there that I met in person in the space. So it's kind of see, it's cool to see this coming back a good around. Time yet, too. A little That's too awesome. good of a time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like many true first events for a lot of people, it's too much of a good time. But exactly. yeah, I was gonna say, John, you were one of those names. I remember when I first got hired in the industry, you just hear John Rowley, John Rowley. I thought you might have been like a professional athlete or an actor, or, you know, you're a celebrity of sorts amongst all of us for for the great work that you've done, the big things you've done in the industry. So well, I appreciate um, that, that Kyle. Awesome. Yeah. Excited to talk to you today. I'm excited yeah, to talk to the- you guys too. Thank you. No, I know you've been a bit, we'll say, behind the scenes for a little while here in the recent years, and you're coming back in force, but I'd love to kind of dive into, before we get to that part of your story, a little bit where you started in this space. You've got a pretty unique journey into direct response marketing, as we'd call it here, and kind of your rise up and your staying power. So how, well, like, yeah, where where did you get started in all this? Well, I started studying direct response advertising back in the early 80s from my kitchen table in a small apartment in Brooklyn when I was working as a janitor. And then my <laughs> career, I decided when I got into, I had a very, I was a, a very good athlete and I had a bad car accident. So I ended up as a janitor working in a walker for a few years and then um, decided to conquer Manhattan real estate. So I conquered Manhattan real estate, but I always continued studying um, direct response marketing. So then fast forward a couple of decades, um, I came out with a couple of books. Um, they became bestsellers, and, um, but I wasn't making any money with them. And then I was also a motivational speaker. I was taking Zig Ziglar's spot in a lot of places, and I was speaking all around the world. And then the economy crashed in 2008, which I lost all my speaking gigs because nobody was hiring speakers for a while. And I was booked out for a couple of years. Uh, I also owned a construction company that was tied to um, the housing market. So yep. not only did I lose that, but that left me deeply in debt. So I have four years where I was in the desert. And um, so I started handling the marketing for Iron Man magazine and Powerhouse Gym magazine, just anything I could get my hands on, thinking that, well, if I wasn't, I probably wasn't going to make any money with it, but God can't bless your steps if you're not walking. So I just did anything I could. <laughs> and during that process, John Benson reached out to me. Um, apparently, he had seen me spe- speak on stage wanted some advice. I think it was Bill Phillips who introduced us and he wanted some advice on speaking. So we became fast friends. And after about a week of chatting, he goes, Oh, what are you working on? I said, well, I'm working on something called a sales page and I have no idea what I'm doing. He goes, well, send it over to me. I didn't know who John was. And right. um, so a few days give later, a quick, if, if for the listeners who might not know who John is, um, he invented the yeah, VSL video sales letter. Right. Yeah. And he's one of the <laughs> kind legendary of a big copywriters of our age. But I didn't know that. So um, a few days later, he sends me an email with, with this sales page, with a sales letter. So I immediately got on the phone and I said, who are you? I said, I want to buy this book. This is amazing. He goes, you honestly don't know who I am? I said, no, I don't. He goes, you've just been helping me because we became friendly? I said, that's it. 
And he goes, well, he goes, <laughs> some would say I'm the best copywriter in the world. And so we became fast friends and business partners with Old School New Body, which, um, is, which is still doing well on ClickBank all these years later. It is. It is. And um, through that same process, I became friends with Mike Geary as well. So between John and Mike, they really um, accelerated my success in this business. And that's the one thing I like about this business is it's very collaborative. When I was in New York real estate, nobody wanted to see you climb your ladder of success. They wanted to pull you off. None of them had the nerve or the, the gumption to work as hard as I did. So they would try to you know pull you off your own ladder. And in this industry, everybody really helps, which is what I really like. Yeah I, yeah, I think we hear that parroted and we've repeated ourselves, right? It's one reason why I've stayed in the space too. It's like it's just the collaboration and people helping each other without really expecting anything is paramount, right? It is. Well, I love what, what's really interesting is you kind of brought up like in New York real estate, it's ruthless, it's cutthroat. Like your success is just an opportunity to find some weakness for somebody else, right? Like, but yeah, I think oftentimes people would imagine that this industry would feel this way. You know, we have very aggressive sales copy. We're going out to win the best affiliate and the biggest margins, but you're totally right. It's so much more collaborative than I think sometimes the marketing tactics or the products on the outside let people think that it really is. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, I think we could, we could comfortably say this is a much more collaborative environment than most all of real estate, but definitely New York real estate, I'm sure. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But even, even the aggressive sales copy, I have a feeling that's going to be changing over time because the um, is, yeah. with the advent of AI and everything else that's going on, everybody's going to start sounding the same. So I think it's going to be more and more important to have like personality. Like when I first came into this industry, you know, I was a regular on TV. I was on TV two, three times a week, national and international TV. I had my own TV show it was a talk show. We have 1.3 billion viewers worldwide and I had two best selling books. And when I came into this industry, everybody's like, no, throw that out the window and let's focus. You got to focus on the offer. Just focus on the mm -hmm. offer. So I did because I was listening to people who were more successful than me in this industry. But if you're paying attention now, all of a sudden it's going back to personality driven. Now we're mm -hmm. trying to let's brand ourselves. Oh, the offer is important, but we still need to brand ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're seeing the, the traffic sources like Facebook and Google and YouTube, right? It's like they need a more branded presence over there because they are t always tightening up compliance to a degree, not wanting a VSL you can't bounce away from for 40 minutes before you even see a buy button. So <laughs> they're thinking about their exactly. end user and a more branded experience caters to that end user who, yeah, doesn't have a 40 minute attention span as much anymore. So. Well, I think one thing you mentioned, I think is really interesting from the AI front is um, you mentioned that voices will start becoming homogenous. And I, I, I kind of saw some of the things where it's like over a certain amount of time, like if it's all doing, if it's doing all the writing, everything will sound somewhat the same. Um, yet AI also does unlock a lot of abilities to scale personalities where they still have to be a personality. It can't fake that, but it could make scaling and video content, getting production out for that personality so much easier. Um, it definitely seems like we're coming full circle back to, I guess, the internet age hit the TV age where it was 20 years ago, right? So where those personalities really, really matter, which I imagine for you is you kind of, uh, you know, um, are entering into this, this other chapter and coming right, jumping back in in a different way. And the forefront has to be super exciting. So is that something you're kind of, are you doing, do you have any big projects you're working on right now to to put that best-selling face and speaking ability to um, to use? The big project we're working on right now is called the 360 Elite Marketing Mastermind. 
And I'm going back to my roots with this. So what, what's, what happened was when I was an athlete, I would seek out all the best athletes in the world. I was a runner. So I would seek out all the best athletes in the world. And I was in a position where they knew me. So I was able to reach out to them and talk to them. When I got into the business world, I did the same thing. And my first business mentor, I'm very fortunate, was uh, Barbara Corcoran of Shark Tank. So I got to oh, know yeah. her very, very early on. It was I was in Manhattan real estate literally for maybe two weeks when I first met her. And was she, she like so? I, I I only know her from Shark Tank. Was she a big deal then? Was she like hard to get a hold of? Like how did you form that relationship? Well, the way we <laughs> the way we formed the relationship is she lived in one of my buildings. Um, I was okay. I started off as a property <laughs> manager. She lived in one of my buildings and she was doing an illegal renovation. So I took the property over. I saw all these letters to her and I told my secretary, I said, send her one more letter. And if she doesn't respond, I'm shutting her out. So I basically locked locked her out of her apartment. So she (laughs) she calls me up and uh, I just talked to her the other day. She calls me up and uh, she's trying to get back into the apartment. I said, listen, you need to fix this renovation. It's illegal. You're not allowed to do this. And, um, I forget what happened, but I hung up on her. So I hung up on her three or four times. And she finally goes, you know, she goes, this is before cell phone. She goes, I don't have any more quarters. I'm going to pay for it in front of the building. She goes, I need to get into, I have an event tonight, blah, blah, blah. She goes, and who do you think you are? And I said, well, I'll tell you who I think I am. I said, a couple of days ago, I was a janitor at Franklin K. Lee in high school. I said, but today I'm the guy who locked you out of your apartment. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I let her back in her apartment. We worked all of that out. And starting the very next day, we started meeting for breakfast uh, four times a week for years. We would meet for breakfast every morning very early, and uh, we would get going. And um, after I was in the business maybe two months, she must have saw something in me because she um, wanted to partner with me. Because well, her, her brokerage, her company was only brokerage in Manhattan. Gotcha. And, um, okay. But the company I worked for was brokerage and property management. And what I did is I started going to the superintendents and behind the scenes, telling them that I would not be upset if they started throwing away all the mail from all the other real estate companies. <laughs> so we started controlling nice. brokerage and all the building. And I, and I controlled Park Avenue, Sutton Place, Beekman Place, Fifth Avenue, Central Park West, Central Park South. And, um, you know, everything, everything that was very, very expensive real estate. So we did try to look at, we did look at buying companies, several companies, and um, I ended up moving my family down to North Carolina for a better quality of life for my kids because I had a young family and I was working from five o'clock in the morning until midnight most days. Ooh. So uh, we never ended up doing it, but we stayed very close friends. The, the two um, hard books that I published, she was kind enough to endorse. And um, even awesome. with this mastermind, I thought to myself, the first one I emailed was Barbara. And, you know, Jay Abraham gave me the idea along with David Deutsch and Armin Moore, and they encouraged me to do it. But I sent Barbara an email, and she literally responded within two minutes. I was still sitting at my desk. And she goes, yeah, I'm in. I'll, I'll, I'll help. That's so awesome. that really encouraged <laughs> me to go down this route. Yeah, I, th- I think awesome. one thing is yeah. – oh, go ahead. <laughs> you go, Thomas. You're good. There you go. Oh, no, I was just—I love those stories around like how the different partnerships have formed because I think you've been around the space, John. Right? Like the more success I see, it's usually with a partner in some way, whether it's mentorship, whether it's a true partner in like a business sense, and there's equity being split, or it's just that mentor mentee 
kind of a bouncing of ideas off each other or it's in some sort of mastermind format, right? There's always some sort of collaboration that's going on. The people that go it alone, in my experience, some make it, but a lot beat their head against the wall and get really frustrated and think the space is a lot more competitive than it actually is, right? I and I see them almost wallow in their misery, for lack of a better term, right? And mm -hmm. kind of shake their fists at the air and curse the gods that they aren't having success. And it's like, dude, just get out to an affiliate summit or something. Like, right. Start meeting exactly some people. Right. Yeah. When, I, when I went into yeah. New York real estate, yeah. I was... Um, 28, I think, when I went into New York real estate, 28, 29. And um, I ended up becoming the youngest senior vice president in Manhattan history ever. There's nobody wow. been, I was a senior VP by the time I was 30. And nobody gets into Manhattan real estate before they're 45. They start in Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx. But what I did is I didn't know anything. Um, in fact, I'll tell you just a really quick, funny story. My very first day at work, I had to go to a board meeting at Seven Park Avenue. Harry Helmsley was the sponsor of the building. I ended up working for him and eventually running one of his companies. But um, when I went into this meeting, my boss told me, he goes, don't say anything. We don't want them to know that you don't know anything. Just take the minutes. So the next morning, we're in the office. My boss yells across the office. He goes, Mr. Early, can you get the minutes in my desk in the next uh, hour? I had no idea what minutes were. I said, oh, I'll do you one better. 79 minutes, Mr. Harris. I wanted to impress him. He starts laughing, and uh, he goes into his office. My secretary comes into my office like a pit bull. She says, I'm not leaving my job because you don't know anything. And I was like, well, <laughs> I said, I don't know what minutes are, but I'll we'll recreate whatever I need to. But if you can get me through the first year, I promise you, you'll have a good career, and I'll take care of you. And uh, she got me through the first year, and I she stayed with me my whole career. That's amazing. Oh, awesome. You're still working with her? <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. She's still yeah. up there. Yeah, but <laughs> so one thing to go back first, obviously super impressive with to, to hit that mark. Granted, you mentioned that no one could outwork you. And from 5 a.m. to midnight every single day, I could imagine that's quite a bit of work to, to get you there. So um, if everyone well. thinks that success is per chance, that would be um, a marker that's not. That being said, I want to go back to that that first interaction with Barbara because I feel like that's a great way to create a longtime enemy in most situations, right? <laughs> is locking somebody out. Well, it could have went the other Some, direction. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really curious, and I know this is tough to like, like, like draw from the reaches of your brain that far and long ago. Um, but like, what can you have you ever thought about? Like, what you did to be able to have that kind of conflict, that kind of interaction, and earn somebody that's high powered very, very successful, such as yourself. Um, but that time, like I said, you were a janitor. You'd just come off yeah. of that. You know, you're obviously still a, a high-level athlete. But like to have, like how do you take that interaction of force, of conflict, and turn it into a lifelong partnership where you are looking to launch a mastermind, she's the first person to reach out to, and she's the first person to say yes with um, within a matter of five minutes and all that stuff happening. Like that's a well, crazy I don't know that I can take all the credit for it. <laughs> You saw something in me. I was very confident. Um, mm. I was also not a jerk. You know, I, you know, I kind of, everything I did, even though it was com a deep conflict, I kind of did with a laugh in my voice. And honestly, because mm. I had no idea who she was at first. By the time I hung up by the, the, by the third time, my secretary goes, do you know who she is? I said, no. She goes, she owns the Corcoran Group. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> and the Corcoran Group was like, <laughs> this today. It was still, yeah. it wasn't a boutique company at that time, but it was still a smaller company. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I did do, and Barbara recognized this in me as well, is when I met with her for breakfast the next day, I picked a brain. And then she found out from other people that I was calling everybody, anybody who was influential in New York real estate from Donald Trump on, 
I called and asked if they would meet me for coffee. And the reason I asked for coffee is because, quite honestly, I couldn't afford to bring them to lunch. I wasn't making any money <laughs> back then. So I, yeah. I would meet them for coffee. And honestly, everybody met me. Not one person turned me down. You know, some people I had to wait six months for, but nobody turned me down. And I would, I would always tell them, I'd say, listen, all I need is five minutes. I'm going to ask you three questions. That's it. And I'd like you to bring your day timer with you. This is before phones and computers and stuff. So they had everybody carried their little day timer calendar around with them. So I would sit there and I would ask them two or three questions based on their experiences and their background. But my last question was always the same. Can you take your calendar out? And that always got them curious. And, um, and I would say the reason why I want to see your calendar is because I know you, because you've met with me, you want to give me as much information as you can to help me where I'm at. But if I can see your calendar, I can see what's important to you, how you plan your day and exactly what you do. And I would, I would memorize their calendar. I'd go right back or I'd go right outside and I'd write down exactly what their schedule was. And I kept a list of everybody's schedule, Barbara Corcoran, Donald Trump, Mr. Rose, Mr. Helms, like anybody I could get a hold of. And I'm, I'm talking hundreds of people over my career, or thousands of people over my career. And um, it was very, very helpful, not only to get their advice, but to see how they actually implemented the advice in their own lives. And I still do that today, you know, whether, it, you know, I don't have to do it so much anymore, but you know, whether it's a Jay Abraham, a David Deutsch, John Benson, Mike Geary, uh, Roland Frazier, whoever they are, I call them up and I find out what they do on a daily basis. Man, John, that sounds like a book. I just feel like each chapter could be somebody's day planner and their agenda, and it leads into some reason to why they structure the day. Here's the theory. Here's the draw from it. Here's what I learned from it, and here's what you can take from it. Please write that book because I'm so damn curious now. That is so cool. <laughs> no, I'm going to write a new book. But yeah, um, there you go. You know what I find in my life is skills are important. Yes, you need to have skills. You need to have perseverance. You need to be able to stick in there. But your daily habits is what makes you successful. You know, I'm 63 years old. I've been sick for the last few years, but my daily habits haven't changed. I still get up very early in the morning, usually by five. Um, I take care of myself first and you know, I read my Bible, I pray, I head to the gym, I, you know, I take care of myself first and then I get to work and I like to get most of my work done in the morning because I find that's when I'm most creative. And then in the afternoon, I'll do things like this, you know, I'll communicate with people, do a podcast, interview with somebody or, or help somebody, you know, have, like I had a call with, with Kevin Rogers before. So, um, I just find, I, I find it extremely interesting and I'm very, which is why I like doing this mastermind. Because I get to pick, pick, pick people's brains every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tap into their genius, get insight. What I like too, that I think you tapped on a nugget there that I don't want people to gloss over. Cause I think a lot of people are, they seek that kind of mentorship or they really want it, but they don't seek it. I should say they're like, Oh, I really yeah. want this help in the way, but they are just kind of just hoping it happens. What you're doing those are right. You were actively reaching out to the people you knew were players in the space that you were in. And what I love about what you just said there is that you were giving them a very easy yes, right? Can you meet me for coffee? Meet me for five minutes. I've got three questions for you, exactly. right? Like who's not going to say yes to that unless you are just so busy, you can't handle it. But I think what turns people off, what I see a lot of people do is they'll, hey, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Right. And well, they reach we out know to you on Facebook and give you a pitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's either yeah. a pitch or just, hey, can I either can I pick your brain or ask you a quick question? And we all know that a quick question is never as quick to answer as it is to ask. So it's a very open-ended, nervous thing to respond to. Whereas, hey, I've got three questions about X. Can I th run them by you? Yeah, sure. I can probably knock that out, right? Or whatever it might be. 
Well, plus the the addition of the item that's like, you know, a little bit of like, not only was the boldness to say, yes, I have these three questions and also bring your day plan. Like that's just an added little sprinkle of <laughs> yeah, interest. It makes me pause and go, another second, that's different. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I no, right, Thompson, made curious. Yeah, I didn't do it for that reason. I did it because I wanted to see what was in the daytime. But I found out it made them curious. They were really kind of curious. And I got to be honest, everybody said, even in this industry, anybody you reach out to, if you reach out to them the right way, most people are going to help. Yeah, mm-hmm. people like to help. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, I find it's the unknown commitment of time. That is really a big turnoff for people, right? Because they don't want to get wrapped into something that they can't get out of or something like that. What I was curious on going in a different tangent here with old school, new body, right? That's been a long time top selling offer. A misnomer, I think, that's in the space that offers have a shelf life, they fatigue, they run out of room, right? They kind of stop selling after a while. Why do you think that offer has been able to stay around as long as it has as a good seller? There's a couple of things, but I want to preface it. Um, when I when we launched Old School New Body, I was desperate. And um, I went. I remember going out of my back deck, getting down on my knees and praying to God that it would just bring in $500 a week so we could eat because I had, I had lost everything. So the first answer is I really believe God blessed it. The second is um, we work hard. You know, we, 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 we still split test that every day. Nothing has ever beat the original, but we still split test it every day. We go over our numbers every day. We have phenomenal relationships with all the affiliates. You know, Mike Geary has been amazing as far as driving traffic to us. In fact, I was talking to Mike not long ago. And he goes, this is the best offer that has ever been in the history of the market. He goes, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a white elephant or whatever term he used. He goes, you don't see this like this. this I don't know how old, long old school has been going, but it's close to 15 years. You don't see most offers yeah. for more than 15 months. But I really, I think it's because, you know, blessing, of course, but I, I think it's the hard work that goes behind it. Um, the follow-up that we have with the affiliates. And not just that, also being on the ClickBank platform, and I know a lot of marketers that aren't on the ClickBank platform. And I bring a lot of marketers to ClickBank for, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons is the affiliates know they're getting paid. So if it's a ClickBank offer, yeah. they know they're getting paid. They know that you're not, they're not going to get shysted or anything else. They're going to get paid. So, um, you know, and, and Thomas, it's basics. You know, you don't have to get too fancy. You do your split testing, make sure your copy is strong. You make sure you get a good relationship with your affiliates. You know, put them in, you know, we we have um, old school new body in back ends of other people's offers as well. So that brings up, but we also help a lot of other people. You know, we, you know, we were one of the first to jump on board with BioTrust and we were one of their larger um, affiliates for up until they sold. And, um, you know, my personality and my son's as well is we try to help as many people as we can. So by helping others inadvertently, they want to help you not out of obligation, but because they like you and they respect you. But if it wasn't converting, they wouldn't be doing that either. True. True. When when you're looking at the daily numbers or the monthly numbers, whatever cadence you look at in your business, what are the key numbers you're focusing in on as an owner? I just want to see the income quite honestly. That's what Mm -hmm. I look at, but I'm also 63 years old and I, I just don't delve into that stuff as much, but I'm also fortunate. I have my son, Jimmy's the president of my company. He's more, he's more numbers driven than I am. He's more analytical than I am. Um, and then I've got Ben Thiel who handles all of our analytics 
And uh, Ben's been working with us since the very beginning, and he does he does a phenomenal job. Yeah, he does a great job. Um, yeah. So between those two, I don't I just kind of get an update. You know, I, I talk to Jim; he gives me the update. So I don't look at a spreadsheet. I can, and I do. You know, once a month I go in and look. But um, I want to make sure. One thing I want to make sure is longevity of our list because that's where the money is. So I want to make sure that the people stay on our list, and they do. The people stay on our list for over a year, which is kind of unheard of. That's wild. That's, no, that's I'm trying. I was trying to find the begin the opening date of your account, but <laughs> I don't it's know. too it's old. Be- it's so it's so long. We don't. Oh no, here it is. Uh, if you don't mind me saying, it's uh, uh, the twelfth of December. I'm sorry, December. 2011, December 29th, 2011 was when this account was created. So, okay, so it's about 12 years. It's probably been platinum since 2012. I bet that's, I bet that's how long. Yeah, I was platinum. platinum We we did 5 million in the first 90 days. So, I was platinum first month. Yeah, that's awesome. That is so crazy. So, um, you get your retroactive diamond award for those. Yeah, we should. We should. (laughs) We should get a lifetime diamond award for, for John for sure. That's a good idea. Um, but no, 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 obviously super amazing, great success with that. I think one thing I love to highlight there, oh, a couple of things you said. I think one is split testing. Even though it's doing well and even though we haven't really beat the control, we're always trying, constantly yeah. adjusting, constantly looking at it, pairing that with a strong relationship with affiliates. Um, I will tell you that is probably the most consistent recipe to success that we see is you test a lot and you have a great relationship collaborating with everyone around you. If you could accomplish those two things, which are not easy, if it was easy, we'd all be diamond, lifetime diamond, whatever, you know, like um, it's hard, it's hard work, but you know, it's also, I want to say it's simple. It's, it's just, that's what it is. If you're not testing, if you're not building great relationships, you're definitely not going to have an offer be successful and still running for over a decade, that's probably not going to happen for you. Let me it add one more. Let you. me add one more thing. I, I see. A, I've had my ups and downs. Um, I've gone broke. I went broke in '88 with a business that I had, and then again in 2012, I had my challenges over the years, um, which keeps you humble. And I see some young guys that come on the platform and they're killing it and they're doing great, and they're very humble in the beginning. Like I have this one particular guy. He started off calling me Mister Rowley. Then it was John, and then it was AJ. You know, you know that. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, for any young people out there, or even guys my age, if you hit, if you hit it, realize you're going to run against the same people when you when you're going down the ladder that you met on the way up. Be mm-hmm. pleasant, be nice, and be humble because nobody stays number one or successful forever. Totally for reach. Yeah. yeah. I think we all think of the people that were hustling and super friendly and then they made it and you see them and their nose is in there a bit and you're like, going, Hey, wait a minute. And like, yeah, that's a great reminder for all of us. Yeah. I think that's a great reminder for all of us too. Right. When we've experienced it, don't be it right. We could, we, we could see it, but don't be it. Yeah. Um, be, be, be Mr. Rowley. <laughs> well, I've had my, I've had my times as well. When I got, yeah. when I was in Manhattan real estate, um, Mr. Helmsley called me into his office. I was r- running one of his companies and, um, you know, they owned the empire state building and everything. And they were the biggest investors in Manhattan real estate. And, um, he told me, he goes, got a warning for you, young man. I said, what's that? And he was being kind. He was like a grandfather to me. He goes, we all have a tendency to believe our own press releases. He goes, we spend a lot of money having yours written. Do not believe. It. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a good reminder. It was a very good reminder because I was about 30 years old and I was starting to get very full of myself. And, um, but 
going up and down the ladder of success does does humble you over a period of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got to be a balance of, you know, not yeah. succumbing to imposter syndrome, having the enough confidence to put yourself out there while And you know, I think we all have that. I think we all yeah. have that imposter syndrome. I think we're all yeah. afraid the world's going to find out we're not as good as we we seem to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and you know, I also um it reminds me not the imposter syndrome part. That's that's always very true and, and challenging, right? I think that's not something you overcome. It's something you drive through more than anything. But yeah, um, so but Perry Belcher said he's like, you know, anytime I see people all the time with these great offers, they get them and they just they when they have the success, they assume that that means it's forever. The success is going to always happen. The offer is always going to be there. And he tells people all the time, he's like, if you have a winning offer right now, or as soon as you get it, assume it's the last one you'll ever get and act accordingly. Pour it, all the money you make right back into something that's going to keep making you money. Um, it's exactly. going to be stable. Put it right in the business, blow it up. Take everything you can and assets that last a long time. Don't get the Lambo. Don't get the big house. Don't get a bunch of stuff that you're just going to have to give to a repo man later. Like get that stuff and sure. assume that it's the last offer you'll ever have. And I think when you think that humility stuff, that's another always good reminder because uh, again, you've been here long enough. You see the people that don't take that advice and it's, it's a, sometimes a sad story. <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel great. So. Well, we um, did that with, with old school. When we, when we started making money, um, you know, I hired some people, mainly my family and a few others at that point. And then we immediately went to opening up a supplement company and we were the first, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, we were the first hog product on ClickBank. We walked, we walked through all the technology issues with, um, with the CEO oh, at the time right. yeah. and, mm-hmm. and yeah. we were the first, first hog product yeah. and the first supplement mm-hmm. on ClickBank. And it was really cool yeah. to go through because I got to know everybody in the company at that point. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We do kind of forget that sometimes you guys actually did the very first supplement. Um, so I remember that. And, and I think, um, was it a flat media product for your first hard goods? Was it like a book or a DVD? Um, no, the first product was old school new body, which was a book. And then the, the mm-hmm. supplement was, uh, was a protein powder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, which, yeah. Looking at the stats these days, you were a trendsetter, John, where we had the majority of sales now are right. Physical supplements mm-hmm. <laughs> and physical well, goods you, versus you know what digital it is? products. I'm not yeah. older than most of the marketers, you know, most of the marketers are the, are the age of my sons. So they mm-hmm. don't have the breadth of experience that I have. You know, I've been in business since 1983. And, you know, before the internet and I've been in various businesses and unless you're dead and not paying attention, you got, you're bound to learn something. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge it accepted, so. John. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with, I was curious on all the different businesses and types and like models you've been into. What makes you excited to start a mastermind now? Because it's something I've been doing my whole life. So I started talking about Barbara and all, and I, we would go out for coffee with everybody this is something I've been doing my whole life. And I see it's something that I see sorely missing in our industry. And Jay Abraham and I talked about this years ago. And uh, he goes, John, he goes, you know, everybody, he goes, you, you need to not keep that to yourself. You need to bring it, make it available to everybody. But right when we were getting ready to do that, I, I, I needed open heart surgery. So we had to put the put that on hold. And um, Jay's doing his thing now and he's going to be part of this, but um, we're not going to partner right. I'm going to do this on my own. And I'm just, the thing that gets me and the thing that drives me um, to not just do this, but do everything that I do is I hate seeing unfulfilled potential in people. Any business I've ever gone into, I'm the least connected, least talented, not the best looking. I can't sing and dance, you know, but um, 
but I always end up being the top of the company, whether it be in sales or when I was in real estate, you know, with online marketing, whatever it is, I go to the top and it's because I don't do it on my own. I try to, I seek out the best. In fact, Jay Abraham is a perfect example. When I was about 16 years old, my uncle ran a company called Millican Textiles. He was a very, very, very wealthy man. And he would bring Jay Abraham in every year to speak. So when I was 16 years old, he gave me a, a cassette course of Jay Abraham's stuff. And then you fast forward and Jay's one of my closest friends today. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's amazing the way things work out. Now, it didn't happen by mistake. You know, Jay and I met and we became very, very friendly and I'm friends with his family. But, and he's friends with my family as well. But um, that's what drives me is unfulfilled potential in others. And because I've, I've been around so long, I've been in so many different businesses and I've worked very, very hard and studied a lot. I feel like I can bring value to people that might not have an opportunity to succeed otherwise. That's a, that's a really awesome mission that you got. That's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great answer. And, and John, if you ever just want to feel prettier at your job and find an employee that says they just need to be less attractive than me, I'm available. Come on our podcast. You just need, if you just need, (laughs) yep. That's what we do for Thomas. They're like, he's like, we need somebody that's going to make me look a lot better. And I'm like, I'm here. I know my purpose, but <laughs> I could shave this trip beard down. If we ever took it off, people would be like, oh my gosh, grow it back so fast. So, um, and I think that's really amazing. Just that, that mission oriented idea to surround yourself and take all the potential that we all have and bring it forth and be able to do that at scale and a mastermind. And I think you said something else too, when you really talked about collaboration, how oftentimes you've been to a lot of masterminds, it's been a lot, part of a lot of masterminds. Um, and this was earlier before we recorded. So people are like, when did he say that? <laughs> but um, why don't you talk a little about that, about what you see in some of these other masterminds versus like where you're like, I just don't want to deal with that and how it will be different um, at 360 Elite Marketing Mastermind. Okay. First thing I want to do is I don't want to disrespect anybody who has a mastermind. No, we're going to throw so much shade um, here, John. We're going to all of drag people through the mud. Burn no. them down, John. <laughs> I know you've been all nice, but let's just let's to, get back to, to competitive athletes. <laughs> And every mastermind I've been to brings value. But when I go to a mastermind, I'm just being completely honest. I sit in the back. My son usually has a countdown time. Okay, dad's out of here. Ten, nine. And I leave (laughs) because I can watch what they're doing on YouTube. And I'm I'm not interested. You know, I was a motivational speaker and I was a top one. And I spoke all over the world, everywhere from the United States to South Africa. And, um, I see it coming when some guys step on stage. Okay, what they're going to do is they're going to tease you with their information and then they want to get you to the back of the room or now with online stuff, they want to get you to their website so they can get your email address or whatever. And all I'm thinking to myself is, tell me what you do. Tell me what you do. I don't want to hear about the rest of this crap. I don't want to see a Lamborghini. And first of all, show me the papers. I like to see if it's even yours. I don't want to see the mansion. And why do you need a mansion? You're 22 years old. You, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like I sit there and it's like, I just want to know what you do. I don't need the sales pitch. I don't, you want me to buy your program? Say that before you get on stage. You say, listen, this whole thing is about me buying your program. I've got the money. I'll go buy your program. But I don't want to waste my time. And that's, that's what I'm going to do different here. Uh, what we're going to do here is we're bringing people on, whether it be a Barbara Cork and Jay Abraham, you know, Perry Belcher, whoever we're bringing on. And I'm going to do an in-depth interview with them. It's not going to be glad-handing. We're not going to be sitting there, oh, yeah, you know, where would you go on vacation? Deep dive into their business. But that's, not, that's just the beginning. That's really just the tip of the iceberg. 
Then we're going to have an online, online community where we can all collaborate with it. Not me just teaching. Yeah, I'll be answering questions, you know, and I'll be able to reach out to these experts and get answers as well and maybe bring them on YouTube lives and stuff and bring more value. But I want everybody collaborating together. Okay, we've got this offer. What do you guys think? You know, do, should we do this? Should we do that? And I want everybody's, you know, the reason they call it a mastermind is because when you put a bunch of minds together, it creates magic. It creates something that we can't do on our own. And that's the reason I've been successful, because I use other people's information, other people's support to drive me. And that's what I want to bring to this mastermind, not just an interview, not just an interview and a sheet of paper giving the highlights of the interview. That's just, that's the tipping, that's the 1%. The 99% is going to actually be the true mastermind where we're all collaborating and trying to help grow each other's businesses to a point where yeah. we can never possibly do it on our own. Is there like a level of business that it's going to be a good fit for this? Is it like people that are, I've got an idea and I've got cash and I need to figure it out? Is it more, I've got this kind of run rate and we're getting stuck? Is it more optimizing what's already working? Like where, where is it for you that you think that's going to have the best impact? You know, we've been thinking about that a lot lately. I think it's going to be good for everybody from, from beginners to advanced because the beginners are going to be able to pay attention because we're going to be teaching the basics. Everything is going to revolve around the basics, but it's also going to be good for the guys that are making 10 to $20 million. You get back in and say, okay, what is, what does this person say? And let's, you know, what are they, what are they collaborating about? And hopefully they'll bring value as well. When I first started this, I talked to a lot of my friends. And I said, would you join something like this? They said, nah. But then when I explained it to them, how we're going to, you know, it's not just going to be an interview, how we're going to collaborate, how we're going to work through this. We're going to really dial it in. Even the, even the more advanced guys, and I'm talking guys that are making, you know, millions a month um, said they want to be involved. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I hope yeah. that answered your question. <laughs> it does. Thank you. And I'm always curious, right? There's, it seems to, there needs to be, am I not need is a strong word there, but. I think it always helps me understand like, Hey, who's a good fit for X, Y, or Z kind of thing. Right. And just keeping an ear open for people. So it's like, Hey, you're having trouble problems with this. Hey, you should talk to this person or Hey, you should really look into joining this mastermind or go to this event. Just trying to find the right people at the right time. Right. Well, also what we're going to do is we're going to be able to connect people. So when they get into the mastermind, I know everybody in the, in the industry. So we'll be able to make introductions to ClickBank. I'll be able to find the, the appropriate copywriter for them. I'll be able to help them find the right place to house all their emails and what's the best program for that. I know the owners of these companies. I'm, I've been around for a long time. So like when I reach out to somebody, I reach out to you guys or, this, or Kelly, the CEO at Moro Post. You know, I, I reach out right out to the owner. I, I reach out to the owners of everything because I know them all. So I don't want this just to be where, you know, it's just a one trick pony. We're going to, we're going to try to fit people with the right, you know, with the right copyright or whatever else they need. And I'm going to be able to make introductions to people they would never meet. Yeah. So that, that sounds amazing, John, because really what you're doing, it's not a mastermind. It's a community, right? You're creating a community that collaborates and, and elevates each other up exactly. um, with that, with that. And I don't know if this is me talking about the idea of like a utopia, a utopia fails at scale. So what, what <laughs> understanding all of that, like, you know, a lot of people you're about to know even more with starting a mastermind, but is there a level where you could know too many people, at least actively at one moment in time? So what I mean by that is like, are you worried about, is there like going to be a cap on how many people you bring into the mastermind? Um, is it going to be open to everybody or is it something where, Hey, we're going to maintain a certain level 
um, so we can make sure that we have that collaborative community where it needs to be before we ever grow it bigger or um, just just kind of an idea. I don't know if you even thought that far ahead, but. Oh, yeah, we are thinking that far ahead. Um, I don't know what that number is going to be. Um, once it starts getting out of hand, then we're going to we'll close it off because I want to make sure that we bring 100 percent value. To, so this is where I'm going to be living. I'm not working. You know, if I do another book, it's going to be about you know business and stuff. I'm not coming out with another fitness offer, at least not anytime soon. And if I do, it'll be a fitness offer probably to be able to help entrepreneurs. See, my goal for this is not just helping the entrepreneur grow their business, but my goal is to serve the entrepreneur themselves. I want to serve the entrepreneur so they can be healthy, so they can not just be wealthy, but they can take time off. Um, you know, in the beginning, yes, everybody needs to work. You know, you need to work very hard. When I launched Old School New Body, I was working 18 hour days, but most of the people I'm interviewing right now really don't work more than four hours a day, and they are very, very successful. So what I want to do is not just teach them about marketing, but I want to guide them in setting up the structure of their company, setting up the structure of their day. What are the daily habits they need? How, you know, should they exercise? Whatever. And really not, not just serve the entrepreneur's business, but even more important to me is serving the entrepreneur. Because as I told you earlier, I've worked long hours, and you get burnt out after a while. And um, I was fortunate. I got a high tolerance for burnout. I could, I could go a long time. But many people can't, and it's not necessary. So I really want to serve their business and serve the community. And to answer your question, I'm not sure of the cap off just yet. Um, I think certain people in the community will chip in and start taking ownership and helping. And I think that will help. And uh, since it's a mastermind, it's not all reliant on me, even though I'll be in there every day. It's not all going to be reliant on me. I want everybody collaborating and communicating. And then if we need to bring in, if we need to bring in people to um, work as admins and things like that, we will do that. But one thing I can promise you is we're not going to let it get out of control. If it gets too big, I will put a cap on it and um, make sure that we're bringing value to everybody who's in that mastermind. And is there a combination? I heard a lot with the, the online community, you know, post the interviews and stuff like that. Is there going to be physical meetups as well? Like we're meeting at, you'd be meeting at a location to maybe watch the interview and then network and connect? Or is this all going to be um, primarily an online community? Right now it's going to be online, but yes, we're already, even though we haven't launched yet, well, by the time this gets here, we have launched, but yes, we're going to plan on doing something live. In fact, I talked to Kelly about this not long ago, the possibility of you know the platinum event that you guys have every year, maybe, um, us renting that space for an extra day, either on the beginning or the tail end of it, and then having our mastermind meeting there. Um, we haven't planned anything like that yet. I want to I want to get everybody in there and see how we're doing. But yeah, that's a, that's that's what I'm hoping to do in 2023 next year is doing a live event where everybody can come in. And you know what's going to happen though? When everybody comes in, they want to say hi to each other. So the live event probably isn't going to be really much of a mastermind. It'll probably be more of a a meet and greet. Maybe I'll have Jay or some other people get up and speak. Um, um, but I've also thought about doing something else where we had an X amount of people in. Uh, say I bring Jay and Jay gets up and speaks. And then we have everybody at tables where there's only 10 people at a table. And then I have a team going from table to table working with each group. So to answer your question, Kyle, we're thinking about it. I'm thinking about different options. I'm just not sure what we're going to do. But what we probably will do is we'll probably do a survey within the group once we get going and see what people would like. Nice. More collaboration. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> but I, do wanna, I, do, I definitely want to do live events. 
But yeah. what I don't want it to do, you know, the price point on this is very, very low. I want it. I want a low entry berry for everybody. It's right now the, for founding members. It's only forty seven dollars a month. So we well, want to keep this crazy. very, very inexpensive. And if we do a live event, I don't want it to be for profit. Like I don't want to, you know, $20,000 and they come and, you know, get nothing out of it. I, I want to do, do it where it's more of like a little mini vacation for them. We, yes, they can collaborate and we can have a little mastermind and all, but really more to, let, let's face it, but most of us got, we're, most of us are stuck in our homes most of the time. So it'd be nice <laughs> yeah. to see everybody face to face and actually touch flesh and get a hug. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's no, that, awesome. That's no. great. Yeah, forty-seven. That seems that seems crazy. That's awesome value. So I'd say anyone that's listening to this and thinks, "What an amazing conversation! What an amazing guy!" Um, that's got to be way too much for me to get access to it. It's not. So forty-seven dollars, <laughs> and you could now have access to one of the best business guys out there um, with his network of another amazing business individuals. Yeah. Um, for forty-seven bucks a month, that is. That feel like I'm just, let me just sign up right now. <laughs> that's I like too, like what, what we've highlighted through this call a bit, John, I think is that the game respects game, right? I think that's one reason why you've probably had been able to network with this level of people that have seen the potential in you. And that's, I see that time and time again in this space, right? It's, people are very collaborative, but only to a point. And if you're always asking and not doing, that doesn't get very far. But people see like, oh, wow, this person's making some effort, making some waves. I can see how to help them here and here that happens all the time. So you get into a group like that. And if you're taking action and actually showing up, people will notice. And we're bringing, we're bringing people on that you can't get on Facebook. You can't get in front of them. You can't get their number. Um, You know, I'm very fortunate. I can just tell everybody I texted or called. Oh yeah, we're on. Absolutely. hundred percent. In fact, Jay Abraham (laughs) called me four times. He was over in um, um, Copenhagen. And he called me a couple of times from there and a couple of times from LA because he wanted to make sure he didn't miss anything. And he goes, whatever you need, John, he goes, you need me at a live event. You need me online. Whatever you need, I'm going to do for you. And he's the highest paid business strategist in the world. Tony Robbins uses him as a bit of a strategist. He runs, <laughs> he runs Tony Robbins, business event, his big business, his private mastermind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Jay's doing this for free. And so is everybody else. It's just really, it's been, it's been humbling to me, the feedback that we've gotten. I've gotten, you know, we're, we're going to release one a month, but we're going to have a few in there. So, so when the founding members get in, there's, there's a lot of work to, it'll be work to do. But what I don't want it to do is I don't want it to be overwhelming. I don't want people to go in there and just like 5,000 things to do. I want it to be, let's focus on this for this month. Let's focus on this yeah. for this month and make it, make it um, incremental and really have it to be a point where I really, I, I want to see people from my mastermind being in the top 20 at ClickBank. In fact, I, m- one of my goals is to have all 20 spots filled by people from my mastermind at the same time. I like it. I I've like been it. number one at ClickBank for a long time. I, I don't need that anymore, but I'd love to see people <laughs> mentoring through it, do it. Yeah. And Thomas, I will definitely help fill that tw- top 20 with, <laughs> with all your clients. Sounds great to me. Sounds great. Um, yes. No, this, no, this is amazing, John. Yeah, I was going to ask, where can people go to learn more about this? Well, it's going to be 360EliteMarketingMastermind.com. And um, by the time this launches, we'll be live. Um, We'll be launching this in the very beginning of June. And uh, I'm really, uh, honestly, I'm really excited. Whether it's a, you know, I've been in business so long. So whether it's an advanced marketer or a beginning or intermediate, I'll be able to bring value. And I still get calls from, you know, guys who have, 
very, very, you know, if I, if I mentioned their names, you would know very, very large businesses on ClickBank and online because they know I've been in business so long. I bring something to the table that there's nobody in this market that can bring is experience. And that's only one by stripes. And I've got them on my back after being in business for 40 years. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome, true. Awesome. We'll, we'll include that in the show notes as well for this. So that's 36EliteMarketingMastermind.com. Yeah, just, gosh, just, wow, gosh, John, wow. <laughs> I set myself up for failure there. <laughs> you made, not, not speechless, but speech jumbled, which is even worse. Speech jumbled. Not, yeah. yeah. Um, well, thank well, you for your time I want to thank yeah. you guys, too. You, guys, you didn't need to have me on, and you did. You had me on. And um, ClickBank, for me, has been amazing. And for everybody that I know that works with ClickBank closely has been amazing. I was with Brad Howard the other day, and we were just talking about how, you know, the support that we get from ClickBank. And I couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for you guys. What, what you guys do is so incredibly helpful to us, not just processing our money, but everything else that we do. And you're responsive. Like if we need something, I, I reach out to you guys. I get a response within minutes sometimes. So I, to me, that's very, very valuable. And I really appreciate you both. Well, well thank you, John. John. No, that means a lot. Yeah, I think it's, it's the, all us. We're the only people. that. Yes. That <laughs> <laughs> takes a village, care. right? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, you guys um, got a great team. You know, I've been friends with do. Jen since day one. Oh, and uh, you know, I've known the, the CEOs and Kelly is a great guy. In fact, the first time I met Kelly was in Mexico. I was emceeing the uh, Platinum event in Mexico a few years ago. And um, then... They wanted to have Jay Abraham, and they couldn't get Jay. So I called Jay. I said, hey, you want a vacation in Mexico? So he showed up. They didn't have to pay him anything. He showed up in Mexico for a week. <laughs> so I emceed. Him and I did a bunch of Q&As. I did a keynote. He did a couple of keynotes. So um, anyway, point of all that is, is I'm a big fan of ClickBank and of you guys. <laughs> Oh, well, awesome. I think well, it's could, mutual, John. Thank you. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, we comfortably say we might be bigger fans of you, John. That's it was an <laughs> amazing conversation. Um, obviously, an amazing business. And behind all that is a much more amazing person. So we're grateful to learn more about you. And I think everyone, everyone listening to this, if you don't go check out the 360EliteMarketingMastermind.com, at least check out the website. But this just feels, feels like it's going to be the game changer a lot of people really, really need in their business and more importantly in their life, right? We're doing this all for a reason. Um, let's make sure that that not only we do it, but that reason lines up in a way that we're going to be happy. And I feel like this, the mastermind you're creating is is built to make that happen. So um, that's really amazing. Really, really Next appreciate it. And again, go out and go join now. Do it now. Well, the goal, <laughs> the goal is, is to bring value. And I really do. I do intend this to be a game changer for marketers. When I first came into this industry, I was blessed. I had John Benson and Mike Geary, but they did their thing, but nobody really guided me. I had to figure it out. You know, I was calling everybody and kind of making a pest of myself. And um, hopefully through this, that new people or advanced people aren't going to have to do that because I can make the introductions for them. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, great. Well, um, yeah, I think with that, then um, for, for again, everyone, we really appreciate your time and appreciate you, John. Um, and yeah, and just be sure to rate, review, subscribe, go sign up for 360 Elite Marketing Mastermind now. Do it now. Um, and yeah, until next time, what do we tell the people, Thomas? Happy scaling, everybody. Happy scaling. Happy scaling. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a good <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate you all.